Well, it's time for the word, and I hope that you're ready to receive what God is going to say to us today. And as we're focusing in this time where we're actually having a time of reopening and able to return to our somewhat of our lives and being able to connect with each other, the Lord gave me a word for you around this very important uh, time in our lives where we need to really see the importance of connecting with one another. Uh, the passage I'd like to uh, share with us today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. So you can get your device, get your Bible, and read along with us. And so it says these words. This is from the preacher, known as Solomon's words. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one of them can help the other up. But pity the one or anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Here ends the reading of the passage. I'd like to speak to you on the topic, we're better together. We're better together. Do you, do you know that the pandemic was not only a disruption to our economy, to our health, but it was also a disruption in many ways to our relationships, of course. It cut us off from each other. It, uh, many, many who would uh, desire to come together with loved ones, particularly on special days, whether it's birthdays or anniversaries or Christmas time, and, and times where they, maybe a loved one was sick and they couldn't visit them, is because the pandemic kind of really kept us in a isolation mode. You know, isolation can be a very, very daunting thing because while we may like solitude, solitude is an important part of it, but solitude is something that you can kind of take it and kind of plan for it. But isolation is a little different. It's kind of when you're cut off, when you, you, you don't necessarily want to have the time of, you know, this uh, solitude but this is really about being alone. The preacher, known as Solomon, who writes this book of Ecclesiastes, it's really a sequel to the book of Proverbs. Um, Proverbs, of course, is a book of wisdom. It talks about how to live life practically and how to live life in a way that's really going to be a blessing and a benefit to you and to others. But Ecclesiastes, you'll see that times that Solomon he laments and he kind of thinks about, as he looks into the rearview mirror of how his life was and how life is, and he says, you know, sometimes it's full of vanity and vexation of spirit. He says it has its hard spots. It's, it's very difficult at times. And so Ecclesiastes also uh, is a warning. It's a book that gives us many different warnings of things in our life that can really uh, waste our time. And so it's a warning that we don't want to waste our time on worthless things. We don't want to put our time into things that don't last. We don't want to do things that are not going to build lasting results. And so Solomon says, you know, it's important that you have spiritual priorities. 
And Solomon, he teaches us that we have to have order in our lives. And that if we're going to have the life that counts, we're going to have to value relationships. We're going to have to value the people in our lives. And so each of us have to evaluate. You know, do we evaluate our possessions? Or do we evaluate people? And certainly possessions are valuable. But sometimes we have to really kind of take a check and say, you know, the people in our lives really do matter. And so Solomon is really just putting an emphasis and a highlight on this. And he says, you know, we have to look at our relationships and the importance and the benefits of being in a relationship. And you know what? While we can look at ourselves and kind of look inwardly and look at who we are and, and sometimes admire that, we have to know that we're better together. We're better when someone else comes along with us. The African proverb says this. It says, if you want to go fast, just go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You, you know, sometimes I like to go fast. I don't know if you like to go fast. You can put it in the chat box. I don't know. I mean, out there, it's like, you know, you're getting dressed. You want to go somewhere. You want, your, your family has to come, or you got to pick someone up, and maybe they're not ready, and you're kind of like, wow, I wish I could just forget them and just get there on time and get there when I want to. And that's true. You can get there fast if you go by yourself. But you know, if you really want to go far, you got to have people. You got to have someone that's going to go along with you, going far. If you're going to have a business, if you're going to build a family, if you're going to build a church, if you're going to build an organization, you know, you can go fast by yourself. But to go far, you're going to need the participation of other people. So I'd like to talk about four things from this passage that gives us this understanding of really what it means and what the benefits are to being together. We as a church, we need to know that we're supposed to be a body, not just a member. See, a member could be a finger, a member could be your hand, a member could be an eye. But you know what, that doesn't make a body. A body when you have many members connected together that makes us full and complete. So Solomon says, you know, we're better together for this reason. Number one, he says two are better than one because we can get more done. Do, do you know you can get more done if you have people along with you? You just get more done. It, it, the capacity grows. The assumption of the text is that, you know, life can be very hard. Life can be very daunting. Uh, he uses the word toil. Toil is like hard work. Have you ever done some really, really, really hard work? Maybe you're trying to move some furniture around, or maybe you're trying to do some uh, work in your yard, or maybe you're trying to do something that really is demanding on your time. And sometimes you wish you had two of you, but you don't have two of you, you only have one of you. So now you have to kind of think about, well, who can I, who can, who can I ask for help? Unfortunately, there are people who need help but they just won't ask. So they're not able to get as much done. Their capacity is diminished. 
But when he says two are better than one, he just simply says you have a better return on your labor. You can actually get more done. So this is not a picture of a person sitting in a cubicle and just kind of goofing off, wasting time. When it comes to toil, this is, this is somebody that really wants to get something done. And so hard work is all a part of the process. Hard work, hard work is demanding. And so doing what is right can take hard work. Um, getting an education can take hard work. Nurturing a marriage, a godly marriage, takes hard work. And raising responsible children definitely takes hard work. It's also hard work in doing ministry. It's hard work to share your faith. And sometimes it's very difficult to do that alone. See, Jesus knew that it was going to be hard work. So when he told the disciples to go out, he sent them out two by two because he recognized that the work demanded help and support. The second thing is we're better together because we can recover from falls. Now, this talks about the walk. Um, going to Israel was very interesting because, of course, you're walking uh, where Jesus walked and you're walking in many of the, the places where you can see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You, it was fascinating. But something that you might notice, if you've ever been to Israel or if you want to go to Israel sometime, hopefully uh, it will open up again and you're going to be able to go. Um, when you're walking, you have to really watch your step because the sidewalks are not necessarily level. They're not like sidewalks in North America where you know it's pretty much level ground and you just kind of can look at your cell phone if you want to and just kind of walk. You've seen folks looking at their cell phones and they're walking. And I, I, I didn't say you did that, but there are other people that do that. And they don't even really pay attention very much anymore because they're not expecting any type of movement or problems or obstructions along the ground. But you can't do that when you're in Israel because one minute you're on cobblestones, one minute you're walking up a hill, one minute you're, you're standing on a ground that's not level. So we went to Israel. One of the things I, I said to the, the group that we took, um, it's important that you hold on to each other. Just, just hold on to each other. Um, because sometimes you might lose your balance when you're stepping on a, on a ground that is not as level as the one that you're stepping away from. You can actually miss your step. Has anyone ever missed their step before? I mean, I've missed my step, but doesn't mean I, you know, I can't walk properly. But there are times that you miss your step. You, your eye misses a step. And we wanted people to be safe. So we had them along and said, you know what, grab onto each other because these, these walkways are very, very, can be very, very treacherous. So it is in life. As we walk along in life, there is a potential that you're going to fall. Now, now, I know that you don't want to think about that. But you know, if you look back a little ways, we had some falls. We fell as children, but also we fall as adults. We have failures. We have flaws. We, we get into situations that don't work out the way we planned it. We, we started in confidently, and then all of a sudden, as time goes on, we, we seem to kind of mess it up. 
And so here he says here, he says, you know, no matter how experienced you are in walking, you can still fall. No matter how skilled you are at walking, you can still fall. And no matter how careful you are, you can still fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 warns us about this. It says, therefore, if anyone thinks that he stands, this is Paul talking. He says, if anyone thinks they stand, take heed lest he fall. In other words, the person who thinks that they're exempt from falling is a person that really has the highest chance of actually falling. All of us can fall. In fact, Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 tells us that if anybody is caught up in a fault or has a failure and they fall, he says, you who are spiritual, you should restore them in a spiritual, in a, in a spiritual way because you are a person who is spiritual and you should restore them and you should bring them back to a level where they can stand up again out of a spirit of meekness. It is important that you understand that spiritual people know that others can fall and they can fall too. And so rather than looking at someone who has fallen, take the responsibility as a spiritual person to help them up. And so he says that when a person is, has fallen, it's important for someone to be there to pick them up. Charles Sundahl said this. He said, friendship must be cultivated and they don't automatically occur when a calamity strikes. And I have never heard of a rent a friend business either. You cannot be uh, determined to walk alone and expect everyone to come running to help you when you fall. If there's going to be a, be someone there to help you when you fall, you need to make sure that you are walking with people you can trust before you fall. You need to cultivate friendships while you are on your feet, for two are better than one when you have fallen down. See, friendships are, are very important in these times when we fall down, uh, times when we are not able to make it on our own. We need to have someone there because we're better together. The third principle here, he says, two are better than one when you are in the cold. Life can be just cold. It can be just cold. I, I, I understand the coldness of life. You know, we live in a, I live in a climate where we have seasons. We have spring, summer, winter, and fall. I love summer. We are in the summer season. This is a wonderful time. You can go to the beach and you can hang out in your backyard. And it's, it's a great, great time to get out. You don't have to worry about really bundling up because of the frigid weather. But you know what? That weather's going to come again. And just as the seasons go, so does life. We have some winter season. Have you ever had a winter season? Have you ever, ever had a time when it's like, boy, this is really cold. It's, re it's, re it's really, really dark in the winter season. It's really difficult. The elements called snow comes in the winter season. And so when the winter season comes, you're, you, you, you need to have warmth and you need to have 
that uh, insula insulation, as it were, a coat, a hat. You gotta, just got to bundle up. And you know, when life gets cold, when life gets cold, you need somebody there. But what, what are the things in life that will kind of be kind of looking at what it means to be cold? Well, because we're not exempt from disappointment, we're not exempt from rejection, we're not ex exempt from suffering, those are the times when you need someone. Those are the times when you want someone there to give you an encouraging word, to say something that will warm your spirit, say something to you that will encourage you during the cold and dark seasons of your life. You know, we're all going to have a dark season. We're also going to have some times of suffering. And so when it comes to this, this passage, he says, you know, two are better than one because Life can just be dangerous and life can just be cold. The fourth thing he says here is that two are better than one because you can fend off an attack. Uh, because we live in a society where there's all types of dangerous things around us and people around us that also desire to do something that is very dangerous to other people and something that is detrimental other people, something that is very harmful to people. So to do that, we, you know, it's, it's good that we can have somebody there to walk with us. I know that when we are in times like we are now, we can't afford to just kind of what I call it, just be off guard. So Solomon says here that two are better than one because you can fend off an attack. So here's what I want you to mark down. There, there are some attacks you cannot face on your own. There are some attacks and battles that you cannot fight on your own. There are some enemies that you can't defeat on your own. And there are some attitudes that you can't change on your own. There are some habits that you can't break on your own. And there are some problems that you cannot solve on your own. And there are some needs that you certainly can't meet on your own. All of these things, all of these things are necessary to have somebody with us. Paul says, you know, when it comes to spiritual, the spiritual warfare that we're in, he calls our attention to the fact that we have to, we have to put on the whole armor of God. That's Ephesians chapter 6. But after he goes through the armor and talks about putting on your helmet and making sure that your, sh your shoes and your, your feet are covered, you got the, the breastplate on, and you have your sword, and you have your belt, and you have all the armor on in this time of spiritual warfare, we usually end that passage and say, yeah, that's all you need. But then he goes on, he says, you know, I want you to keep praying for me. I want you who are my, my partners who know me to pray for me. But that's, he's calling them alongside because, you know, the warfare that we fight even spiritually, we're going to be stronger when we're fighting it together. And so Jesus, he even says these words. He says, I say unto you that if even two of you agree on anything that they will ask, it will be done of my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so when we get together, we also not only are 
partners one toward another and gathered one to one to another and someone is there for us but also the Lord partners with us and so we're better together also because the Lord is also in the midst of those who are together and if we're together and we're calling on his name, we're praying together. That's why we pray in the morning. This, every single morning, we pray together. Every single morning, we want people on the line, on our conference call line for prayer. And times of prayer is so important because it's about being together. And, he, and the Lord says, if you agree, if you come together and agree together, not only that, you will have answers, but I will be in the midst because I like being together too. I like to gather with the saints. And so we're better together. And we're better together because we can be more productive. We're better together because we can recover from our faults, our failures, because we have someone with us. We also can survive the cold and dangerous conditions that seem to be out there to, you know, the elements, exposure to the elements. It's important that we have someone with us. We can fend off an attack. Attacks will come. Attacks will happen. Spiritual warfare is there. But yet we, as God's people, can be victorious in attacks because we have someone with us. And last and final, just note that God, he's part of that cord, the threefold cord that can't be easily broken. And if God is for us, who can be against us? This is what Paul says. He says, no, you, you don't have to worry about the fact of can you be victorious. Just don't do, try to do it on your own. This is a time where the Lord is calling us out of places of isolation, places where we have been walking alone, places where we may have had pride in our hearts and say, I can do this myself. But even in the beginning, before there was ever, ever the fall, before the fall ever happened, God who created Adam said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. And I want to pray. I want to pray for people who are feeling alone right now. Maybe you're sitting in your room or you're in your car or you're, you're, you're actually just kind of lying down maybe on your bed. And, but yet you feel alone. You sense that this loneliness is, is, is really um, causing you to really say, you know, I wasn't meant to be alone and it feels very bad for me. It feels dark to me. But I want to let you know, God says, no, you're not meant to be alone because we're all better together. So I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that God would meet you right where you are. I want to pray that God would give you that friend, give you that companion, give you that person, give you that community where you can find the connection that you need. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the day that you made for us. We, we praise and honor you for your gift of life. Lord, you made us and created us that we would never be alone. Thank you, Lord, for the text today that reminds us. It's a simple word that reminds us that we are better together. And so, Lord, just as we are standing here today, Father, I pray that God, that those who are on this road and they feel very lonely, no, they're by themselves. I pray, Lord, that they would meet 
you and, and guide them to someone, Father, that they can trust. That, Father, that they will be able to stand against uh, all of these uh, different conditions and be more productive, Lord. And, and Father, even, Father, someone being there, even in times that they may fall. We thank you, we praise you, and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you desire prayer for anything that, that uh, you have in your heart, or if you want to pray for a loved one, someone sick, someone that you want us to remember them in prayer, you can go and you can text uh, prayer to 833-300-0670, and we will receive your prayer request. And for those of you who really uh, desire to have a relationship with the Lord, you know, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, he is also wants to partner with you. He also wants to, wants to be part of your life because he says, you know, when you make me part of your life, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. And you're going to be better when you have him in your life. And you want to know how to receive Christ as your Savior. And you want to know the love of God in your life. I want you to text, text this number, 833-300-0670. Uh, but you want to put SAVED, S-A-V-E-D. It's right on your screen. So we'll pray for you. And I pray God's blessing will be yours. And even as we go through this time of an opportunity where we get a chance to regather, I want you to be mindful that it's not just coming into a building, but it's also really having someone with you because you're going to be better when we're together. God bless you. Make you a blessing.